many of us are going to hear from heaven today. So could you help me give a Heart of the Father family welcome to Derek Kelly. guys appreciate y'all it's good to be home it's good to be home well send greetings from winter haven my wife lovely wife is over leading worship right now over there and uh winter haven community sends their love appreciate you guys we wouldn't be where we're at right now without your prayers and the lord did a lot in me and my wife while we were here and continues to do that through this family here, so grateful for the brothers, the elders here, um, and your stewardship, Jer, so grateful for you in our life, um, Barry, grateful for you, just so many words, I go back and listen often to some of the messages here from the past few years, and they help root and ground me, and so grateful, you guys are really blessed, amen, we're blessed, we're blessed, and man, this place is growing, wow, <laughs> a lot of new faces, a lot of new faces. All right, well, you ready for the word? Amen. All right, we'll go to Romans chapter 1. I want to preach this morning. I uh, really don't want to preach at you. I want to preach out of an overflow, as Jared was saying, even in my own life and heart right now. God is doing something new in me over the past couple of months. Um, as I'm getting in the word, as I'm reading the book of Acts, as I'm reading the New Testament, uh, something new is taking place in my life. The Lord has got me in this place of really doing a fresh work. Um, he's really going after things in my life. Uh, he's really revealing himself fresh to me as I study the scriptures. Um, there's a fresh ache inside of me as I read the book of Acts. There's a fresh ache. There's a fresh longing, there's a fresh desire, there's a fresh burning inside of me as I read through the book of Acts and I see a church together in unity turning cities upside down. As I read in the book of Acts, I see unity, I see fellowship, I see meeting from house to house, I see meeting in the temple, I see them looking at their possessions and saying, this doesn't belong to me anymore. I see this selfless, sacrificial people, and my heart begins to burn within me, and I'm saying, Lord, I want to be like that. I want my life to be like that. I want the community that I help lead to be like that. I want the, the, the 21st century American church to be like that. God, I'm desiring for us to return back to Book of Acts Christianity. And I believe that God is about to release one of the greatest reformations that we've seen in the body of Christ in 500 years. And I believe that reformation is simply, we're taking a fresh look at the book of Acts, we're taking a fresh look at the New Testament, and we're, there's going to be a longing and a desire to return back to that again. I believe God is beginning to do it here even as you're beginning to go out from these walls and you're going even to the abortion clinic and you're beginning to stand. There's a fresh move. God's beginning to release. I believe there's about to be fresh power released even to you for that. But this morning, I want to talk about the gospel is power. The key to the book of Acts, as I read the book of Acts, 
as I study it, and then I see the huge gap in my life. I see the huge gap in the church. I begin to ask the Lord, God, what is the foundational key? What is it in the book of Acts that I'm missing, that the church is missing? And the Holy Spirit said it's the gospel. It's the gospel. We need to return back to the gospel. We need the preaching, the teaching. We need to get into the word and learn the gospel because within the gospel there is power. In the gospel there's power for us to be delivered from sin. In the gospel there's power for us to be healed. In the gospel there's the power for our city to be turned upside down. In the gospel is the power for transformation. And as I'm reading the gospel, as I'm studying the gospel, as I'm in the gospel, it is beginning to transform me as it's exposing the weakness in my life. And it's exposing the desires in my heart that are not of him. And it's bringing me into this fresh revelation, Jesus, I desperately need you. I desperately need you. Let me read a few scriptures in the book of Acts before we get to Romans 1. It says, now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. This is what the gospel does. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. But they had everything in common. The gospel, when it is at work in our lives, we begin to say things like, my stuff doesn't belong to me anymore. Now, obviously, there's wisdom in that, but it's the heart posture of where my life doesn't belong to me anymore. It belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm dead so that he may live. When the gospel is released in power in our lives and we believe it and we receive it, we begin to use language like this stuff doesn't belong to me anymore because it's going to burn up anyways. I'm living for eternity. I'm living not for the temporal, but I'm living for the upward calling in Christ Jesus that lies ahead of me. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. When the gospel lays hold of us, we can't help but to give testimony of Jesus Christ our Lord. When the gospel really lays a hold of us, we become a walking testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. He begins to burn within us a love for Him. Where You know when you fall in love with someone, like I fell in love with my wife Jessica, I can't help but to tell people about her because I love her. And when the gospel begins to work in our lives, it causes us to fall in love with Jesus who has rescued us out of our sin and brought us into this holy calling. And we can't help but to tell people about what we've seen and what we've heard and what he's done for us. And with great power, the gospel releases power for a testimony, to give testimony, to give Uh, to begin to share about, to begin to give witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. It says, and great grace was upon them all. Great grace, that word great, mega grace, a huge amount of grace was upon them all. It wasn't just upon the apostles. It wasn't just upon those who were teaching. It was upon them all. Great grace, mega grace rested upon the first century church because there was the faithful, ongoing, continual preaching and teaching and unveiling of the gospel. 
There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. Acts 5, 12 through 16. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. Listen to this. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. When God, I'm telling you, I think one of the revivals that's coming to the church is when the gospel begins to explode in the church again, into our lives, the world's going to begin to hold the church in high esteem again. When's the last time we heard the church being held in high esteem? You're beginning to see that if we begin to champion the gospel in our city, like what you're doing out by going to the abortion clinics, I'm telling you, people will begin to be moved by that as they see Jesus' power flow through you. And God wants to begin to hold the church in high esteem again, where you really think about joining to the faith of Jesus Christ. They were held in high esteem, and more than other believers, and more than ever, believers were added to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women. My heart is yearning and longing for multitudes to be swept into the kingdom in Polk County. My heart is longing for you and I to be filled fresh with the power of the gospel, to become a bold witness of Jesus Christ, and to begin to see multitudes swept in. I don't know about you, but I want to see the broken and the lost and the hurting. I want to see the drunkard. I want to see the drug addict like I was rescued and pulled out of his sin and brought into a holy calling I want to see an individual who's on a needle get transformed in power and 10 years later seeing the dead raised and seeing Jesus glorified it's the gospel that does that it's the gospel that does it you know I I remember not just even just 10 years ago, bound up in addiction. And it was the gospel, it was the revelation of Jesus Christ that brought me out of that lifestyle. And today, I stand before you preaching the gospel. And it's only the gospel, the person of Jesus, that can do that. And there are many that are driving by this building this morning that do not know Jesus, that is looking and waiting for a church, you and I, to go out and be the gospel, to rescue them out of their sin, to bring them out of darkness, to bring them out of the wrath of God that is currently abiding against them, and instead fill them with the power of God that lives within them. That's what the gospel does. It removes the wrath of God abiding against us and on us. And instead it fills us with the power of God within us. And God, the world is looking for a people who will begin to make known the revelation of Jesus Christ. And many believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. So that even they carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats that as Peter came by at least his shadow might fall on some of them. So as I'm reading through the book of Acts, and there are many, many stories, we see cities turning out, entire cities to hear the word of God. We see in one instance in Acts 19 in Ephesus where they take and they begin to burn magic books, and it's millions of dollars worth of magic books that are burned up in an instant. We see Dorcas who dies, and Peter comes and raises her from the dead. We see one brother who falls out of the window because Paul preached too long. I'm kidding. Well, maybe not. Hopefully you don't fall out of your chair today. Is 3 o'clock okay if we leave by then? No, I'm kidding. 
Paul was preaching really long. He got winded with a Baptist Pentecostal sermon. And the guy fell out of the window. And Paul runs down there, doesn't even hesitate, and raises him from the dead. I'm telling you, the gospel is power. I'm not here to focus on signs and wonders this morning. But when we are faithfully declaring and preaching and living out the gospel of Jesus Christ, these signs will follow. They will validate when you begin to brag on Jesus Christ our Lord. So let's go to Romans chapter 1. Because as I begin to wrestle in my own life, and again, I'm wrestling in my own life. Recently was diagnosed with diabetes, type 2 diabetes. And have been struggling in my health as we are helping to lead a community in Winter Haven. As we're doing marriage and we're living, going through life. And as I am continuing to pursue the Lord and, and as I'm wrestling through my health and these different things in marriage and all that, I'm, the Lord is beginning to renew something fresh in me. He's beginning to speak to me fresh and new where I've got to begin to throw myself on Him and upon Him and trust Him to bring me out, to trust Him to heal me, to trust Him to keep my marriage where it needs to be, to keep me rooted and grounded in Him. He is reminding me fresh and new of my need for him so as I'm wrestling as I'm reading the book of Acts as I'm reading through the New Testament and I'm seeing this culture I'm seeing these people who lived in unity who lived in community who had all things in common who were seeing revival or riot where they were going into cities and seeing in an instant millions of dollars of magic books burned up where they go into a city and see Sergio Paulus a governor who was being bewitched by witchcraft broken off of him in an instant an entire city come out to hear the word of God as I begin to watch this and see this and see the love and the unity not everything was perfect but I begin to see this there's a longing in my heart and as I begin to ask the Lord about this and he said it's the gospel the gospel is the power the gospel is what was at work in the book of Acts church and I said God do it in me release the gospel into my life and so what is the gospel this morning and again, I'm not going to attempt to cover all of it today, but I want to just lay a foundation this morning for us on what the gospel is. How many know that we, the American church, the 21st century church, has been lulled to sleep by the false grace message? The false gospel has penetrated the church, the 21st century church. Paul used some of the strongest language in Galatians chapter 1 when he said, If anybody preaches any other gospel than the gospel we have preached, even an angel from heaven, let him be anathema. Let him be accursed. Let him be damned to hell. If anybody preaches any other gospel because Paul understands that the gospel message is power and the false gospel message will cause us to be wavering in our faith. It will lead us away from the Lord. It will cause our faith to be unstable. It will cause our witness to grow cold. And Paul understands the importance of being faithful to preach and teach the true gospel of Jesus Christ. We need a resurgence of the preaching of the gospel. Amen. We need a resurgence of going after the gospel, not just from being preached here. Thankfully, you have a community that faithfully does that. But even in our own lives where we're saying, Jesus, I want to get in the word of God for myself and I want to see what the gospel is and I want to allow it to transform my life and make war on everything that needs to be made war on. 
I believe today Jesus is going to come in power and he's going to deliver us. I believe today he's going to release a fresh level of his grace and his power into our life. I believe today there's going to be a fresh hunger for a witness for him today. I believe Jesus is going to do two things this morning through the gospel. He's going to begin to re-solidify us and make us unwavering in our faith and unashamed in our witness. The gospel will make us unwavering in our faith where we are stable in the midst of hardship. The gospel will make us that when when trials come and they will come and when persecution comes because it's going to come. When hardships come, they're going to come. It is the gospel that will make our faith stable and unshakable and unwavering. And it is the gospel as we receive it and believe it that burns within us and makes us an unashamed witness testifying of all that Jesus has done in our life. So I want to talk about the gospel. Romans chapter 1 beginning in verse 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son who was descended from David according to the flesh, and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of His name among all the nations. Let's break down this real quick. First of all, the gospel I want to present to you is power because the gospel is a person. The gospel is Jesus Christ. The gospel is Jesus Christ. Paul says that I'm a servant called to be an apostle set apart for the gospel of God. It is God's gospel, not man's gospel. Amen? Paul says in Galatians 1, I didn't receive it from man. Man didn't give it to me. But I received it by a revelation of Jesus Christ. The gospel is the person of Jesus Christ. Look what he says. He says, I'm set apart for the gospel of God. The word gospel means good news. I'm set apart for the good news of God. What is this good news? Well, verse 2 and 3, 4, he begins to explain it. The good news of God was promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. So in the Old Testament, you can read throughout the Old Testament, the person of Jesus, the revelation of Jesus, concerning who? His Son. The good news of God was promised in the Scriptures concerning his Son, Jesus Christ. The gospel is power, is the power of God because the gospel is God. It's Jesus Christ. The Greek word for power is dynamis, might, ability, supernatural power that lies within the one. 
That power is the supernatural ability that lies within the one. The gospel is power because it's Jesus Christ. And in Jesus, he releases the power to save us, to transform us, to heal us, to fix our brokenness, to take to make war on sin, the sin nature, to allow us to live in holiness, for us to preach with boldness. It's the gospel. It's the power of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the power of God in our life. The gospel is the person of Jesus Christ. And it is the strength. Today I want to talk about how in Jesus, as we grow in the revelation of Jesus Christ, we will grow in His grace. We will grow in the revelation of understanding that Jesus is actively involved if we will believe in Him and trust in Him daily in our lives to not just initially save us at conversion, but all through the process to keep us rooted and grounded in Him forever. Amen? Do we know that? That Jesus is actively involved in our lives every day. He is constantly releasing His grace and His power if we choose to receive it. If we choose to lean on Him and in Him. Jesus is actively involved in our lives. And in, in not just the initial bringing us out of sin, but to make sure that we stay rooted and grounded in Him and ultimately consummating it all at the end of the age by bringing us to a table called the marriage supper of the lamb the gospel reveals jesus as the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world also the high he's our great high priest who is actively continually sanctifying us he is making us rooted and grounded he's releasing his power that in weakness we can overcome temptation and he is our bridegroom king and judge who is going to consummate he's coming back for a pure and spotless bride and he is going to consummate and finalize what he has started in us that's why we need the gospel. That's why the gospel is power and we need to be reminded of it because the gospel is a person. We're looking at a man. His name is Jesus Christ, our Lord, who, who went to the cross and overcame death and hell, who was resurrected on the third day and then was coronated as the King of glory who sits at the right hand of the Father right now. And he is currently administering his ministry of intercession and prayer. And he is currently actively involved in you and I's life to release his grace and his power daily. To live free from sin. To live in power and holiness. To live victorious and through his power. I desperately need him. I need Him. I need Him to keep me from sin. I need Him to keep me walking in holiness. I need Him to keep me to walk in love for Him and love for you and I. I need Him to keep me to not waver and not shrink back at hardships, but to press on like a good soldier. The gospel is power. Look at Romans, 16, uh, Romans 1, 16 and 17. So the gospel is the person of Jesus Christ. Would you agree? The gospel is a person. Again, I'm just laying foundation. I primarily want to lay here at this foundation this morning specifically that the gospel is a person. That's where I want to go specifically this morning and that we would look to Jesus 
as our lamb, as our high priest, as our bridegroom, king, and judge. We would look to him to help us, to, to minister to us, to release his grace and his power in us daily, to help us not give up when we're out there in Lakeland and we're standing to the abortion clinics and the, and the persecution comes and the trials come, that he would ask him, God, release your grace and your power, that we won't shrink back from being a witness for you, Jesus. That when we're facing tribulation, when, that when our marriages are being tested, when, when, when sin is trying to knock at our door, when, 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 we're, when jobs are a problem or there's financial issues, that we don't become unwavering, but instead we look to Jesus as the author and finisher of our faith. We consider Jesus our apostle and our great high priest who is faithful and able to save us utterly, to keep us, to root us, to ground us, and to see us to the finish line, if we will believe, if we will trust in Him. The key to the power in the gospel is that we hear it. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We've got to hear the word of God and then put our trust in what we're hearing. And when we do, God promises to release his grace and his power to keep us and root us and ground us so that we can continue to move forward. The Christian faith is about championing forward, not going backwards. We move forward, we don't go backwards. Romans 1, 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the good news. Paul was on the road to Damascus and Jesus come and revealed himself to him and forever changed Paul's life where he went from a persecutor and murderer of the church to saying this, that I'm not ashamed of the good news of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God for salvation. The key is to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. The power of God. This verse is that the gospel is power because in it we see God's righteousness revealed from faith to faith. We see that God is actively involved in administering, justifying us, making us right, fixing what was broken, taking sin and, and abolishing it and allowing us through believing in Him, bringing us out of that sin into right relationship with Him. And it is power to do that, to fix what was broken, that you and I as Gentiles were far off and alienated from God and had no hope of relationship with Him. But in Jesus, He has brought us in into a right relationship with Him that daily we can fellowship with Him. This is good news, beloved. This is good news that we've been brought out of sin, but we've been brought into relationship. We've been brought into fellowship. We've been brought into the hope of the upward calling in Christ Jesus. This is good news. We've not just been delivered out of sin, which we should rejoice into that, but we've been brought into a whole new way of, of living, which is hope of eternal glory with Jesus Christ our Lord. 
In it, the righteousness. God is revealing His righteousness. His power is being revealed that in Him, not us. Again, the gospel of God is taking our focus off man-centered, me-centered gospel and on a God-centered gospel. It's about Him. It's for Him. It's by Him. It's through Him. It's not about me. Thankfully, I'm a, benef- I'm a benefactor of it if I believe. But the gospel is centered on God, on the person of Jesus Christ. And when we put it about Him, we see that in it, His right. Righteousness, His ability, His power to make us right with Him, to put us in right standing, to give us legal right as sons and daughters of the living God. He is revealing that in the gospel, in the person of Jesus Christ, we see this reality applied to our lives. Thankfully, it's not done in our own work, in our own strength. It's not done through a church service. It's not done through a man. It's not done through a program. It's not done through a book. It is done through the living God. His name is Jesus Christ our Lord. He is our hope of our salvation, the eternal glory. And as I, the, 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 the more I follow the Lord and as, as diabetes has hit me and different things are coming and, and I tell you, and, and my faith begins to try to be rocked and be tested and the, and the more I try to press in the Lord, the more I understand that I, I, I'm not looking for self-help. I can't look to a book. I can't look to a program. I've got to look to the person of Jesus Christ who restores me and heals me and sets me ablaze for His glory. For in it, the gospel, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the power of God for salvation. It is the power of God to save us utterly. To not just, not just to initially forgive us, but to continually. I want, to, I want us to understand this, that in the gospel, in the revelation of Jesus Christ, if we put our faith in Him, if we put our trust in Him, it is the power to continually keep on saving you and I. That's good news that God, that I know that my God, my Lord, is not off in the distance, but He is actively living right now, making intercession for me. He's actively involved to minister to me when moments of weakness try to come against me and say, I remember, son, I want to remind you that in Luke 4, when I was in the wilderness, tempted by the devil in every way, but I declared, it is written, it is written, it is written. And just in the same way I overcame the devil, I'm releasing the power in you to overcome him as well and if we should sin and if we should sin according to first john he is faithful and just to forgive us if we should sin we don't have to sin should we sin should we sin he is faithful and just if we confess it to forgive us to deliver us to heal us and listen we've got to thank god for him being the lamb of god that takes away the sin of the world we're thankful for that but i want to learn him as high priest who delivers me and i don't have to keep going back to sin but i can walk in holiness as he sanctifies me and brings me out Come on, that's the glory of God, the power of God. I believe right now the Holy Spirit's delivering some right now. He's releasing power into you right now because in the gospel is the power of God to save and transform us. It's the power of God. Jesus is supernatural power. 
John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was the life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Come on, listen to this. In the beginning was the Word, Jesus Christ. In the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Jesus. And without Jesus was not anything made that was made. And in Jesus was the life. It is the life. And the life was the light of men. And this light shines into the darkness. And the darkness cannot overcome it. The darkness cannot overcome it because in him is the light that penetrates darkness. Darkness has to bow its knee. Sin has to bow its knee. Sickness has to bow its knee. Every demon in hell has to bow its knee because in him is life and life more abundantly. Fire! If, if we see in John 1 that every the stars that hang in the sky came out of the mouth, the very mouth of Jesus, the world that turns at 360 degree axis does it every day at the command of Jesus Christ our Lord. And if He could command the earth to turn at 360 degrees and the trees to grow and all the animals to do what they do and life in our very body, He can bring us out of temptation, out of sin, heal us. He can destroy cancer. He can deliver your family. He can save the city of Lakeland. And he can turn Polk County upside down if we'll let him. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. Come on. God is raising up a people who are beholding the Lamb of God. I must decrease so he can increase. God is beginning to release the power of the Holy Spirit in this hour. And the Holy Spirit's coming if we'll let him to pull back the curtain on the person of Jesus Christ. So we can have a fresh look at the Lamb of God. High priest and bridegroom, king and judge. Who's seated at the right hand of, of the Father currently right now. His eyes are of fire. He walks among the lampstands. He walks among the churches right now. He is ministering intercession right now. He is applying the blood that takes away the sin of the world. And he is actively involved to help lead us into the very presence of the Father God. Into an ongoing eternal relationship with him. The revelation of Jesus. We need Jesus. We need the Son of God. We need the Son of Man. We need to increase so He can decrease. We need His power. The one who came, wrapped Himself in flesh, tabernacled, lived among us, tempted in every way but without sin, nailed to a cross, bled for our iniquities, bruised and beaten for us, made atonement, dealt with, finalized, the penalty of sin, covered it, done away with it in Jesus Christ is our hope. It is our power. We need Him. We need a fresh look at Jesus. He's the head of the church. He's our Lord, our Savior, our King. In Him is the power to make us unwavering in our faith today. 
If you're rocking at all in your faith, if it's being tested at all, look to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Look to the King of glory who spoke the heavens into existence, who sits at the right hand of the Father, the eternal God who always has been and always will be the perfect Lamb of God, Jesus. Look to Him right now. You don't even have to look at me. Close your eyes and begin to look at Him and ask Jesus to solidify you, to make you go deep in Him, that no matter what trial because they're coming no matter what persecution because they're coming I will not be removed Jesus may you get the full reward of your suffering in my life Jesus this is my prayer for my life God let me decrease let me die Jesus in my life so that you may live I seek to know nothing, to preach, to talk about nothing but Christ and Him crucified. And I don't come to do it with persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit and power. I don't want to come with weak, meaningless words. I want to come with the demonstration of the Spirit of God that delivers. I want the anointing that breaks yokes, that raises from the dead. I want an Isaiah 61 reality. That's what I want. I want to see people delivered and healed and saved in an instant. I want to see my life rooted and grounded. I want to be 80 years old and burning for Jesus. That's what I want. Beloved, grab a hold of someone with gray hair and, and, and wrap your arms around them and ask them to show you. And I promise you, they're going to show you a man, his name is Jesus, that has walked with them daily. And there were days where they wanted to stop off of a ledge, jump off of a ledge, but Jesus intervened in power with his faith and with his glory. And we're only here today because of Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm so grateful for Jesus. Look at Isaiah 61. Look at the promise. Look at what Jesus. Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. This is Jesus. This is the prophecy of Isaiah concerning Jesus. Jesus actually comes out of the wilderness in Luke 4 and grabs the scroll and reads from this. And he declares his assignment. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord came and rested upon Jesus and John and it remained. And it came because the Lord, the Father, has anointed Jesus to bring good news to the poor. Good news is for the poor. The poor in spirit shall inherit the kingdom of God. He comes for those who are in need of a physician. Again, salvation is not just about initial conversion. It's about, I need you today, Jesus. I need you today to remain faithful. I need you to help me tomorrow to wake up and see, put my allegiance to you. I need you to help me right now, God. I need you right now at this very minute. Thank you for 10 years ago. But I need you more now than I've ever needed you. And he's faithful to respond if we call upon him. Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon him, because he is Jesus, he is bringing good news to you and I. The good news is that he is actively involved in bringing you and I through, releasing his power and his grace as our great high priest. 
He covers our sin as the Lamb of God. And He's going to consummate and finalize this walk. Isn't that beautiful that Jesus is going to make sure if we put our hope and faith in Him, He's going to bring us fully into salvation, either at death or His return. We're not depending on rolling the dice. This isn't a lottery thing here. This isn't, well, he loves me, he loves me not. Maybe he'll let me get in, maybe he won't. No, if we put our faith and trust and obedience in him, he is faithful to save us utterly. He's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor in the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes. Come on, the gospel gives us the oil of gladness instead of mourning. It gives us the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. Come on, it's the gospel that gives us the garment of praise. It gives us the anointing. Come on, it takes ashes and gives us a beautiful headdress. It takes those who are mourning in Zion and gives us the oil of gladness. The gospel makes us oaks of righteousness. The gospel makes us oaks of righteousness. Have you ever seen an oak tree? An oak tree is stable. It has deep roots. It goes deep. It goes deep. It goes deep. It's unmovable. It's unshakable. And and because of the deep roots, it grows up tall. And because it grows up tall, branches go out and it offers shade to others. I want to be an oak tree that goes deep but also goes up. And in Jesus, my branches become a covering to others. It begins to help others. It brings others into Jesus Christ, my Lord. I want to be called a mighty oak tree for the Lord. Why are we a mighty oak? Because the planting of the Lord. It's the Lord that does the planting. That He may be glorified. Do you know that our faithfulness and steadfastness in Jesus brings glory to His name? Our faithfulness to get up every day in the midst of trial and temptation and press on for the glory of God is glory to His name. It brings honor to the name of Jesus when we choose to press on, when we choose to put our faith and hope in Him. So we need a fresh look at Jesus. Look at what Colossians 1, you don't have to go there. Well, actually, I'm jumping ahead here. Paul declares in Colossians 1:28, Him we preach. Him we preach. This is, I, I want to call it the, the um, mission statement of the Apostle Paul in Colossians 1. He doesn't say, I want to be this great super apostle. I don't want to be super rich or... He says, Him we proclaim. I'm I'm not here to proclaim how rich I want to be or all these things I want to have. No, I'm just simply here to proclaim Him. Him we proclaim. The way the the sentence is structured by Him putting Him first, Paul is really trying to reiterate the importance on proclaiming Him. He is trying to tell the reader it is important that Jesus is proclaimed. It is of utmost importance. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. 
Paul's goal was to preach Jesus, to unveil Jesus, because in the preaching, in the teaching of Jesus, it produces mature disciples for the, for the Lord Jesus. We're after one of, the, one of the core values here is mature disciples. The way disciples mature is through the ongoing teaching and revelation of Jesus Christ our Lord. Him we proclaim. Paul kept Jesus at the forefront of his message. It was him and him alone. It was Jesus Christ our Lord that he faithfully and continually proclaimed. Jesus says in Matthew 16, 13 through 19, again, Jesus is the foundation of the gospel. Jesus is the revelation of the gospel. Jesus is the gospel. He is the center of the church. He is the foundation of the church. He is the chief cornerstone of the church. And he says in Matthew 16, 13 through 19, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who, and he's setting them up here because he's, he, he, he knows they know in his humanity, but he's trying to see if they believe in his divinity. He's asking them, who do the people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, humanity. Others say Elijah, human. Others say Jeremiah, one of the prophets, human. And, but he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter got the revelation that yes, Jesus was fully human, but he was also fully God. He got his humanity, but he understood his divinity too. And Jesus said, this did not come through flesh and blood, but through my Father in heaven has revealed this to you and you're blessed for receiving it. Because upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We need a fresh revelation of Jesus as, as, as in his humanity, but also in his divinity. Because in his divinity, we find the power. We find the strength. We see that he overcame death. He overcame the cross. He sits at the right hand of the Father in his divinity. We see that he has existed forever and will forever exist. And that he has created everything and that through him everything has been created and if he has created everything in him contains the power to transform me the power to keep me and the power to make me a bold witness for his name for his honor and his glory he says upon this rock upon this revelation I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it well, jump with me to Hebrews just really quick. I believe Hebrews is an important book. I was going to go to a lot of other places, but maybe next time. Hebrews, if I'm right, was written to the Hebrew believers to encourage them to not shrink back was encouraging them not to to not to, to not keep pressing in to not keep laying a hold of that great salvation circumstances the 
law, different things were causing some of the Hebrew believers to lose confidence, to lose faith, to shrink back. And the writer of the Hebrews is writing here to remind them. How many know we need a reminder of Jesus Christ sometimes? We need a fresh revelation of Him. We need a fresh reminder of the gospel to help further solidify us, to help further ground us, to make us a fresh witness for His glory and His honor and His name. And look what he does. Very first chapter, he starts to lay the foundation, the supremacy of Jesus Christ. Long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets But in these last days he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of its power. After making purification for sins... Thank you, Jesus. You made purification for sins. You would now sit down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So he starts to lay this supremacy of Jesus, the foundation of Jesus. Now look at Hebrews 2.1. Therefore, I'm jumping ahead. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard. What? Jesus Christ. The gospel. We need to pay much closer attention to what was just said concerning Jesus. Lest we drift away from it. We need to be careful to pay close attention to what we've heard. We need to continually get in the word. And be reminded of what Jesus Christ has done. What he is currently doing. And what he is going to do for us. The book of Hebrews is a great book to help begin to stir that fire within us to trust Jesus, to put our hope fully in Him. Now look at uh, Hebrews 2, 14 through 18. We begin to see Jesus as our great high priest. Which I want us to grab a hold of Jesus as our high priest this morning and I'm done. Verse 14, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, He Himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. He partook of the same things. He shared in flesh and blood so that in that he could partake of the same things that through it death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. In the flesh... In his humanity, he became like flesh and blood. He partook that so that in it he could overcome, so that we could put our faith and hope in him as Jesus Christ our Lord, the Son of Man, the Son of God. This is good news. And deliver all those who through the fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. How many know we were subject to lifelong slavery? But in Jesus, he has delivered all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Do you know that's you and I? That is you and I. It is not just Jew. It is now Gentile. According to Ephesians chapter 2, he has taken the Jew and Gentile and made us into one man, one flesh, one body. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect. 
He had to be made like you and I in every respect. Why? So that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. To make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. He currently right now is ministering in heaven and he is able to help you and I in temptation as we're suffering when we go through trials and tribulations because he became like us in every respect but without sin. He overcame it. He overcame temptation. He got victory over it. He got victory over death. He got victory over it and now we have power in him should we trust in him. This is good news to see Jesus as our great high priest. We need to see him this morning as our great high priest who is currently ministering, actively involved in releasing his power, his authority, his word, the truth of his word, the Holy Spirit. He gave us his Holy Spirit to minister to us, to release his power, to help us overcome. He made atonement for our sins and he himself has suffered when tempted, instead of falling into temptation, he was willing to suffer until he got through it. Rather than bow to the temptation, he suffered through it. And I'm telling you, I'm here to encourage you today, whatever you're going through, whatever you might have to suffer for the glory of Jesus Christ, he's there with you to lead you through it to the glory of the Father. He's there to help pull you through. He's there to help lead you through because he was tempted in every way but without sin. And all we need to do is do what Jesus did. We need to begin to quote the word of God back to every situation. We need to release the word of God. It is written. It is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. In the word is power to overcome and transform us. Jesus is currently administering his finished work to help us live holy, to know him fully, and to make him known. He's ministering to us to help deliver us, to help us walk in holiness, to know him personally and intimately, and to make him known to the world. He's actively involved in that this morning. The gospel is the power of God because the gospel is Jesus. It starts with him, us seeing him as our lamb who takes away our sins. But then we need to look to him as our great high priest who is involved with us, who is releasing his grace and his power because in every way he became like us. But without falling into sin, he overcame temptation. He overcame death. He resurrected. He was resurrected in power and now sits at the right hand of the Father. And we can put full trust and hope in him. See, sin occurred, the wrath of God was on us. And as a result, Jesus' love could not flow forth until his blood flowed from him first. And his blood covers up, made atonement, and completely takes away sin. See, Jesus' part of him becoming fully man was it was personal, relational. 
personally. He now comes and takes up residence on the inside of us. He lives on the inside of us. He has fellowship with us continually. His power now resides on the inside of us to cause us to live in the way that he has called us to live. We have to pull from that strength, not in our own ability. We got to get off the treadmill of performance. We got to quit trying to do it in our own strength, and we've got to put our hope and our trust in the eternal God who lives on the inside of us. He is our high priest and is living. He's a faithful helper. Let us trust him fully. Let us trust him fully today. Let us put our hope in the gospel, the power of the gospel. The first century church, the book of Acts, walked in power because they put their hope and trust in a person. His name is Jesus. They fully trusted him in spite of the persecution, in spite of the imprisonment, in spite of the hardships. They continually looked to Jesus as the author and finisher of their faith. And it is in the gospel that we find the resurrection power, we find new life, we find deliverance, we find healing, we find the strength to be unwavering in our faith and unashamed in our witness. In Jesus Christ, we find endurance and encouragement. Romans 15, 5 says, He is the God of endurance and the God of encouragement. I love, in closing, I love 2 Timothy. Go with me there. I love 2 Timothy chapter 1 and 2 because we see Paul the Apostle as a father and he is championing Timothy on here. And I believe he does through the reminder of the gospel. I believe he reminds Timothy here of the gift of God, of the gospel, and reminds him. Let's just read it here. I believe this is going to encourage you. Look, look to 2 Timothy chapter 1 with me and allow this to minister to you. Let's begin in verse 3. I'm just going to read chapter 2 really quick. I mean chapter 1 in the beginning of chapter 2. I thank God whom I serve as I did my ancestors with a clear conscience. As I remember you constantly in my prayers day and night, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. And here he is to Timothy. Here's what he says. I'm reminded of your sincere faith. How many know we need to be reminded sometimes of our sincere faith? A faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. Legacy. I'm reminding you this same faith was in your mother and your grandmother, and now I'm sure it dwells in you, Timothy. I, my emphasis added. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Don't allow that gift. Don't allow the Holy Spirit. Don't allow that charisma in you to grow dormant, but keep fanning that thing into flame. Don't allow it to cause you to be, to be shaken in your faith. Don't allow you to get complacent in your faith. Don't allow storms and trials. Don't allow the hardships at Ephesus to cause that flame that was burning in you to turn into a flicker. Because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, 
But the gospel gives us a spirit of power and love and self-control. The gospel, Jesus Christ, God, has not given us a spirit of fear, but the gospel gives us power and love and self-control. No need to fear, because in it is the power of God to overcome. Although they might destroy you physically, you live forever and eternity. Nothing that the, that the, nothing that the city of Ephesus, Ephesus can do to you, Timothy. There's nothing. They might destroy the temple, the body, but you live on forever in hope with Jesus Christ our Lord. Don't shrink back. Don't allow that thing to flicker down. Keep fanning it. Keep pressing forward. Keep moving in. Keep seeking Jesus. Keep relationship with Him. Keep preaching the gospel. Keep being faithful. Keep building the church at Ephesus. Don't stop. Don't shrink back. Fan it into flame, Timothy. Look at verse 8. Therefore, I believe, I believe Paul says in here the two things I started with. He's reminding Timothy not to be unwavering in his faith and not to be unashamed in his witness. And it's through the gospel. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling. Not because out of our own works, but because of His own purpose and grace which He gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Share with me in suffering for the gospel, and you do it by the power of God, because within the gospel is the power of God. And in it you have been saved, and you have been called to a holy calling. Not because of your own works and your own strength, Timothy, but in His own purpose and in His own grace from the Father, in the person of Jesus Christ is where it's at. Don't be ashamed of the testimony, for the gospel is the power of God. Verse 10, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immor immorality, Im immortality, not immorality, <laughs> to light through the gospel. The gospel brings life and immortality, for which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do, but I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. So Timothy, follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me. What sound words? Don't be full of fear. The gospel. Being your, reminding you of your sincere faith. You've been called to a holy calling. You've been saved. The person of Jesus in his own person is doing that. I'm reminding you of this. Follow that pattern of sound words that comes from me in the faith and love that are in Jesus Christ. Find all of what I just told you in the person of Christ Jesus our Lord in faith and love. That comes by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the deposit entrusted to you. And Paul reminds Timothy that he's got a race to run. He goes on in chapter 2 and tells him that he's like a soldier, not getting entangled in the affairs of this world, like an athlete who's crowned because he competes according to the rules, a farmer who receives the crop, He's reminding him of the race that is set before him to remain faithful, to not be unwavering. Don't 
And if you do, trust in Him to make you stable. Trust in Him. Lean on Him. If you are wavering, look to Him to stabilize you, to encourage you, to cause your roots to go deep. If there's areas that we are not stable in, we can come to Him who's merciful and loves us and wants to release His power to strengthen us this morning. And I want to close with this one verse. This is my prayer this morning for us all. You don't have to go there. I'll read it. It's Ephesians 1. Verse 16 through 18, I think. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. I do not cease to give thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, because in that you will know what is the hope to which you have been called, you will know what are the riches of His glory inheritance in the saints. So at the revelation of God, at the revelation of Jesus, we will know what is the hope of our calling. Amen? In Him we will find the hope of our glorious calling of eternity with Jesus. The calling to be a glorious, spotless bride here in the earth giving glory and honor to the name of Jesus. Making known the manifold wisdom of God in the earth. And we will know what is the riches of his, inglorious, of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Or in other words, at the revelation of Jesus, we will know how much we mean to God. We're the glorious inheritance. The saints are God's glorious inheritance. Do you know that you and I are his glorious inheritance? And as we are, as the revelation of God is unfolded in our life, as the gospel grows deep in our heart, we will see how rich of an inheritance we are to God, how much He loves us, how much of an inheritance we are, that He would send His Son to die for us. That's good news, amen? And what is the immeasurable greatness of His power? At the revelation of Jesus, at the power of the gospel, what is the immeasurable greatness? You can't measure the greatness of his power that is toward us who believe. That means the greatness, the immeasurable power. An un, you just can't even begin to describe how much power is put towards those who, what's the key? Believe. According to the working of his great might, the key this morning as he is revealed into our life is we must believe. Believing is trusting. Believing is trusting. Believing is when he comes to the rich young ruler and he asks him to leave everything. Believing is saying, God, if I... As Peter told Jesus, we've left everything in this world. And Jesus says, but you'll receive brother, mother, father, sister a hundred times more in this life. It's trusting that I might lose something now, but I'm really gaining eternity. It's putting our hope and our trust fully 
in Jesus as we see him in his beauty and his wonder and his power. Nothing else compares in this world. Nothing else will do. And we put our faith in that and he releases his power to lead us through to an intimate, ongoing, personal relationship with Jesus. And I believe that it was the gospel, I believe it was the ongoing preaching and teaching and revelation of Jesus Christ our Lord as the resurrected King, as our Lamb, as our High Priest, as our coming Bridegroom King. I believe it was the ongoing preaching of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus Christ in the book of Acts that released a church full of power, of unity, of love that dropped a plumb line in the earth and caused cities to go in revival or riot. Let's stand. Father, come on, let's just pray for a minute. Jesus, we need your help, God, this morning. We need your help. I, God, I need your help this morning to be more like you, Father. Make me fall in love with Jesus. Make me fall in love with the gospel. Release your power. Deliver me, God. Heal me this morning. Set me free this morning, God. Where I might feel weak, God. Come and stabilize me, Lord. In my weakness, you find power, God. Come this morning as I put my hope and trust in you. And deliver me and solidify me. God, make me a bold witness this morning. That I can't help but tell people about the things I've seen and heard. Father, take this word, God, and let it explode in hearts right now, God. Come and do the work, Jesus. Only you can do, Holy Spirit. Come and pull back the curtain on your Son, God. Come and reveal His great power, His might, His resurrection, God. Come, Father, and reveal your Son in this place in power, Lord. I pray, Father, for a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, God. Show us the hope of our calling. God, show us the riches of the inheritance in you. God, reveal the greatness of your power right now in us, Lord. Deliver us, forgive us, God. Bring us out and into, Lord, the life that you've called us to live, Lord. Come on, let's press through for a minute. Come on, if you're desperate, come on. If you're desperate, if you're desperate, if you're desperate, if you're hungry, if you need him desperately, come on, cry out. Release your power, God. Encourage me, God. Encourage us this morning, Father. Jesus, come and reveal yourself as high priest to us, Lord. 
The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, God. You dealt with sin once and for all, Lord. Heal us. Deliver us, God. Strengthen us. Put your word in us. Make us a bold witness right now, God. Lord, if you've been wavering, you've been struggling, you've been under attack, you feel like your faith has been under attack in some way, shape, or form, if you feel like that and you want to just step out, I want you to come. Come on, if you want your faith to be solidified, there's been some issues with stability in your faith. The the, the enemy has been constantly at you, coming at you, attacking you. He's been constantly trying to to, to uproot you right now. I want you just to come. If there's anybody that needs that right now, you want Jesus to come and reveal his power to you right now. Lord, it takes humility, it takes brokenness to say, I need your grace. It's the humble that he releases grace to. I need your grace, God. Well, my devotion's not what it once was. My love for Jesus is not what it once was. You've lost your first love. Boy, there's a flicker there. And you need Him this morning to come in power. You need some type of deliverance and breakthrough. That's not a bad word. Jesus comes to deliver. It's His love language. He wants to deliver. He wants to heal this morning. He wants to set free this morning. Oh, Jesus! Jesus! Maybe there's been with the witness there. Maybe the witness hasn't been there. The opening up our mouth and sharing of Jesus when opportunities arise. Maybe it's, well, I don't know what they'll say or, or I don't know what they'll do or I'm afraid or fear grips your heart. When, when, it, when there's an opportunity to share about Jesus or maybe you're just not doing it at all in your life right now. Come on, this isn't to shame anybody, but he wants to release his power, the gospel, the revelation. of He wants to set us ablaze as witnesses. I believe he's about to experience explode in this church as a witness and Lakeland's about to be flipped upside down for his glory come on you want your witness you want to burn in your witness for the Lord you want to be unashamed for your witness I want you to come I want you just to slip out and come right now I want you to come respond down here say Lord I want my witness to burn hot for you Jesus that's my cry right now God, I want my witness, Lord. I want every opportunity to share of you, Lord. I want your power to flow through me, God, as I lay down my life, Father, so that others might know you in power, Jesus. I want the Son of Man, the Son of God, to be lifted up in this city, in this region, through my life. Pray, saints. Come on, pray. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. Spirit of wisdom and revelation, come. Holy Spirit, come. 
Um, right now, take us up. Open our eyes. Open our eyes right now. I break every chain right now. I break every lie right now in the name of Jesus. I break every lie right now in the name of Jesus. I break every lie. Minds, open up right now in the name of Jesus. Fog in your mind. I break it now in Jesus' name. Fortresses built around your mind. I break it now in Jesus' name. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Come on, maybe in your mind there's been this internal wrestle constantly in your mind. Battle in your mind. I mean, it's just been an ongoing thing constantly. This war in your mind. You can't get out of your head. Come on, the Lord wants to deliver that this morning. He wants to deliver that this morning. I want you to come. I want you to come. I want you to respond. He's doing something right now in this place. Come on, there's hunger right now. Let's believe Him. Let's press in. Even if you don't feel it, it's not on feeling. Trust Him. Press into Him. It's about Him. May He be lifted up right now in power. Maybe you don't know Jesus. The wrath of God currently abides against the unrighteous. If you reject Jesus, His wrath is abiding against you. You are in the possibility of entering into hell for all of eternity. But the good news is Jesus has made, the, He has taken care of the penalty of sin. On the cross, He resurrected on the third day and sits at the right hand of the Father. And if you put your trust and belief in Him, He is able to save you this morning. I see the prayer room just beginning to explode. Oh, I see the prayer room just beginning to explode with the revelation of the high priest. Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that you begin to move on every heart, God. Everyone that has responded here, God, that you begin to minister. God, that you'd begin to deliver, that you'd begin to uproot, God, that you'd begin to change, Father. God, I pray that you'd release your gospel. I pray you'd release the revelation of your Son into our lives and fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit this morning. Shift us, God, into right thinking, God. Move our hearts in power this morning. Unveil your Son right now, God. Release your power right now, God. Release your Holy Spirit right now, Lord. God, release hunger right now, God. Baptize us fresh in the Holy Spirit in power God come and clothe us right now in your power clothe us in your power
Well, if we can just have maybe a few people at the altar just come and minister. Just come through and just lay hands. Pray for brothers and sisters. Let's just give it just another one, one more minute. We love you, God. We love you, Jesus. Help us, God. Help us, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your anointing, your power. And I just want to leave the altars open. If you want to come and pray, minister to, I want to invite you to come. I feel like there's some God's calling to make the the statement that we read in the book of Acts. My stuff is not my own anymore. My life is not my own anymore. It belongs to Him. Release truth in my inward parts, Jesus. Deliver me out of the culture. Deliver me from the strongholds of the culture, human traditions ideologies, philosophies of man. Deliver me out of that, Lord. Strengthen me at the knowledge and the revelation of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Help us, Jesus. We bless you this morning, Father. We thank you. Something fresh coming. God's going to take that faithful witness that you've started out here in Lakeland at the abortion clinic. I believe there's something coming in power. I hear the, I hear the Lord, I just want to be obedient, that there's a greater call to the prayer room. Some of you, there's a greater call to prayer. He's calling us in this hour to be strengthened through prayer and intercession, to make intercession, to pray in this hour in, greater, in, in a greater way. He's going to release His grace upon you to do that, to make room for that, to press into that. Thank you, Father. Bless you.